Welcome back, everyone, to another segment of Rabbi Jeff's Pirkei Abashir, where we attempt to understand the meaning behind the instructions of our sages and how it's relevant to our lives today. We do this, of course, using the thoughts of our teachers before us and try to make them applicable to our times. Feel free, please, to contact me with any comments or questions at rjfromlj at aol.com. Good morning. Welcome back to the second class in our series on Pirkei Avos, Ethics of the Fathers. Today we're going to deal with Perak Aleph, Mishnah Aleph. Moshe Kibbut Torah Misinai. Moshe received the Torah from Sinai. Musar Yeshua gave it to Joshua. Joshua gave it to the elders. The elders gave it to the prophets. The prophets gave it to the men of the Great Assembly. And then the Mishnah decides to tell us something the men of the Great Assembly said. Hey, Mom, they said three things. Have a Mesunah Medin. Be deliberate in judgment. Raise up many students. The Torah make a fence around the Torah. It's very curious. Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai, we don't see any of his pithy statements. Who are Mishlei Shadvarim? Umisarli Yoshua, we don't see any of his statements. Who are Mishlei Shadvarim? The Zakanim, we don't see their three things. The Nevi'im, we don't see their three things. Suddenly, we get to the generation of the men of the Great Assembly, and we say, Heim Om Mishlei Shadvarim, they said three things. Why now, all of a sudden, is it important for us to hear the words of the generation, to the generation speaking to us, and it's not enough just to talk about the Masora. And then we'll talk about individuals later who started to say things to us. Why is it necessary to begin the introduction, really, to the statements of the sages with the Anshe Knesset Sagadola? Plus, it's a little odd that we make a differentiation between the Nevi'im and the Anshe Knesset Gedola because in the beginning of the Anshe Knesset Gedola, there were Nevi'im, there were prophets that were part of the Anshe Knesset Gedola. So why are we referring to them really as two separate things? Nevi'im is one thing, men of the Great Assembly is something else. Why were they called the men of the Great Assembly? Third problem is why weren't they called the, the, the Sanhedrin? Why weren't they given another name? Why was the name Anshe Knesset Plus you have to ask, what is the, the common ground between these three things? What is the, 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 um, the, the, the thing that binds them all together? Have a Masuna Medin, that you should be deliberate in judgment, you should raise up many students. Make a fence around the Torah. What's the connective tissue here? What, what are these three things? What is Have a Masuna Medin? What does that mean? What's the extent of being deliberate in judgment? Who is that talking to? Is that talking to judges? Because if it is, and why is it here? Because it has nothing to do with me. Is that talking to Torah teachers? Because if it's talking to Torah teachers, I'm not a Torah teacher, I'm not a Chinuch, then then why are you bothering me with this? If you also see the Torah, make a fence around the Torah, I'm not a legislature. I'm not a, I'm not a legislator. I'm not a person who's making rules. So I'm not the one to tell also see the Torah. Tell my rabbis, tell the Sanhedrin, tell the men of the Great Assembly, talk to themselves that they should make a fence around the Torah. What does that have to do with me? And of all the things that they said, these were the three most important things. You think they only said three things? No Jew ever said three things. What does it mean? They said three things, and these are the three things they said. There are many, many, many powerful things that they said. Why are these the three things that we're saying that this is what they're known for? We can ask this question on every one of the sages as we're going to go through Pekiavis, of what's the connective tissue? That's a common question we're going to ask. And why is it that they said this in their generation? To whom are they speaking? These are common questions, and they need to be asked in this mission also. So I'll tell you that amazingly, I think that the key to open up this Mishnah is found in the words, Unavim Misarua La'anche Knesset 
that the prophets gave it to the men of the great assembly. And we're taking out the prophets and making them into a separate category. We're not worried about the fact that there were some prophets in the men of the great assembly. We're looking at them as two completely different things. Why is it that we're seeing these as two completely different things? What happened in this transition between the prophets and the men of the great assembly? We know that by the time of the end of Zechariah Malachi, these were the last of the Nevi'im, they were the last of the prophets. What took place that differentiated the generation of the Nevi'im, the generations of the Nevi'im, the Tkufas Hanavim, and the time now of the Atchikanas Gedol of the men of the Great Assembly? So I'll tell you very simply. In the time of the Nevi'im, in the time of the prophets, there was a clarity. Things were passed in prophecy. A prophecy was, a prophet was given a knowledge of God. You know, we often wonder what is prophecy? So we tend to think that prophecy is like a prophet walks into a room, he looks at your face and he says, oh, don't think about me that way. The prophet has no idea what you're thinking. The prophet can't tell you who's winning the World Series, who's going to win the Super Bowl. The prophet can't prophesize those things unless God puts it in his head. Prophecy is a knowledge that God has given to a person. It's a God-given knowledge on a specific subject, a specific topic, a message that God wants to deliver to the Jewish people. Those messages that were messages that were needed for generations, those were the ones that were recorded. There were many, many prophets whose prophecies were not recorded because they gave prophecies that were important for then, but they weren't necessarily universally important. They weren't something that were going to be important in the future. But a prophet prophesies because God put knowledge into the mind of the prophet. He did it in, through, through the prophet having to make certain preparations and certain spiritual preparations, uplifting himself, being happy, putting himself in a, in a mood to then get a vision from God. That generation ended. And when that generation ended, there was no longer any prophecy. There was at best Ruach HaKodesh, divine inspiration. But there wasn't the clarity of prophecy. Now anything that was achieved had to be achieved through Chachmah. Now anything that was achieved had to be achieved through knowledge and wisdom, through understanding. I'll give you a mushal. Imagine you have a table. You look at the table and somebody asks you, what is that? It's a table. You don't describe it's an, a table from the Victorian era. It's got this kind of this kind of molding, and it's got these shaped legs. And it's person asks you what it was. You tell them it's a table. Imagine a blind person. You put a thing in front of him. You say to him, "What is that?" And the blind person has to run his hands over the edge of the table, and he says, "Hmm, there's an edge here." Oh, there's a lip here. Ah, there's a leg. There's nothing in between the legs. Oh, there's a top. And he'll describe piece by piece by piece by piece. And then he'll look at it and say, Ah, I understand this is a table. 
but he had to piece it together. He had to put the whole thing together and then understand from that that those kinds of pieces, legs and tops and lips, that makes a table. In the time of the prophets, it was a time of re'i, a time of seeing. In the time of the men of the great assembly, it was a time of chachma, a time of wisdom. This is really represented by two pieces of furniture in the Beis Hamikdash in the temple. There were two pieces of furniture that had to do with Torah. One was the Aron, and one was the Menorah. We know that inside of the Heichal, there were four pieces of furniture. There was the Ark, which was in the Holy of Holies. Then there was the table of showbread, which symbolized material possessions and material wealth and blessing from God. And there was the altar, the incense altar. And then there was the menorah. The menorah represented the oral Torah. The Aron, the ark, represented the written Torah. The menorah represents the oral Torah because the menorah illuminates the written Torah is hidden inside of the Kodesh Kadoshim, inside of the Holy of Holies. It's the center, it's the heart of the Jewish people. It is the essence, it is the place where the Shekhinah, where the Divine Presence connects with this world, with Olam Hazeh. And in order for it to be illuminated and understood, the menorah sits out right outside of it. And the menorah lit up the way which is the reason why in Hanukkah, when Teresh was threatened, the miracle happened Dafka with the menorah. Because the miracle was sending a message to us, stick with the Torah, specifically stick with the Teresh Peh. And then that will illuminate your ways. The Teresh had the divine presence had the Kruvim sitting on top of it, it had the divine presence that rested in between the two Kruvim, in between the two angelic creatures. And that was real. That was a vision of God, it was a clarity. The Menorah, that represented Chachma. Oil represents Chachma, the fire, the light that comes from it. That's the wisdom, that's the Chachma Satara. The one represented the generation of the prophets. The other represents the change that took place. When prophecy finished, it now was the era of Chachma. And that's why they're called two different Kufos. It was given to the Nevi'im, the Zikanim to the Nevi'im. And then when Nevi'im ended, it now transitioned to Anche Knesset to those who were the Chachamim, who knew through their Chachma, as opposed to the Nevi'im, the Rowan, who understood it through the vision, through the Divine Presence. That's the reason why they were called Anshei Knesset Gedola. The Gemara says because they returned the Gedula, the greatness of God, back to its place. Because we know that Moshe taught the Jewish people that they can praise God in three ways. Hayel HaGadol HaGibor Vahanorah. Godol Gibor Noira. Great. Mighty. 
and awesome. And only in those three ways were we allowed to praise him. We couldn't add to that. That was a triangle. A triangle is a shape that fits everything else, the smallest shape that includes everything inside, that represents everything inside of it. And this was the triangle with which we were given to praise God. The prophets saw the beginning of the destruction of the temple. And they wondered, how is it possible that there is a God? That there is a God who is a gibor? Look at what the enemies are doing to the temple. Look at how they're destroying the temple. They're sullying the Jewish people. And in one generation, they took out the word gibor. And when they would damage Shmonesa, they would say, Hakel, it would ruin the tune, but Hakel, Hagadol, Vahanora, they left out the word Gibor. The next generation left out the word Naira. The Anshe Knesset Gadola looked at it and said, what's the matter with you? That's exactly where his Gevura is. That's exactly where his Naira is where God's greatness and his awesomeness is. In the fact that God is patient and that God protects the Jewish nation, even in the face of such incredible wickedness, and in the end, he's going to take care of those wicked people. He's going to take care of the enemies of the Jewish people. In the fact that God is protecting us and waiting for them to self-destruct. That's his givura, and that's his no raus. So the rabbis wondered that if it was so clear that that's what the givura and that's what the no raus were, that the Anshikhanesa Gedola put those words back in and they were able to reinstate it to the way it was supposed to be, and that's what they called the Anshikhanesa Gedola because they returned God's greatness back to the place that it needed to be. God's greatness needed to be connected to no ra and and, and to, to Gibor and Nora. Nobody took out the word Godel, but Godel is modified by Gibor and Nora, and therefore they returned the Gedula, they returned the greatness back, and therefore they were called Anshikhanesa Gedola. But if they understood it so clearly, how could the prophets not understand it? How could Yumiyo, Yishayo, how could they miss it? How could they, how could they question and if the Nevi'im didn't see it, how in the world could they see it, the Anshikhanesa Gedola? If the Nevi'im weren't privy to this knowledge, then how could the Anshikhanesa Gedola, who were in a, in a different kufa, how could, they, how could they say it? How could they express it? The Nevi'im didn't see it because the Nevi'im weren't privy to it. The Nevi'im who saw things clearly, who saw things with the divine presence, they saw things with Re'iya, they didn't see God's Naira. And they weren't privy to his Gibor. Therefore, they couldn't lie. What they were looking at is they were looking at destruction, they were looking at oppression, and they didn't see Gevura and Eros. They can't lie. They left it out. But the Achikanesa Gadola weren't seeing in the same way. They were seeing through Chachma. They were seeing through wisdom. 
And they were able to piece it together. They were able to analyze it, to understand it. And therefore, they were able to put back Gibor and Neurah. Because that's the difference between the two generations. And that's why it wasn't necessary up until now to hear from those generations before them. Because with this switch now between Ri'ia and Chachma, we needed new Kalim, we needed new ways of approaching things. The Musr, the ethical development, the messages that a generation that was able to see God with Nivu, with prophecy, was able to experience God on that level, that generation's Musr is a Musr that doesn't apply to me. In the generation of Chachman, the generation where I have to use my mind to be able to piece together things, and it doesn't come to me through nevuah, it doesn't come to me through a, cl- a clarification, a divine clarification, then the Musr, the development, the ethical development, the lessons, the direction that I need is a completely different direction. The Musr of the generation of the elders, the Musr of the generation of Joshua, the Musr of the generation of the prophets is not my Musr. So you can stop and tell me what they said, but it won't mean anything to me. It won't change me. It won't uplift me because it's not my Musr. It's not my way of thinking. It's not my way of existing. But the generation of, the, of Chachma. The Antichrist Gedola, now they were given new Caleb, new ways of understanding, new ways of building the world. Now they had to turn to us and talk to us and say to us, with this change in existence now, this is what you need to know. Because things aren't clear. And they're not coming to us through Nevuah, through prophecy. Use your head carefully. Think deliberately. Be slow and deliberate in the way you think things out. Be methodical. Consider all angles. It's not going to be dropped into your head. You need to work at it and to build it. And not only do you need to do that, but you need to give these kalim this ability to think and discern to your children and to your students. It doesn't say that you should teach students. It says, Ha'amidu talmidim harbe. You have to stand them up on their feet. You have to build them up as chachamim. You have to give them the tools that they can do it on their own, that they can think. In our educational system today, there's a lot of information that's being given, not a lot of thinking that's being done and being taught of how to analyze, how to think, how to ask questions, how to consider, how to see both sides, how to see every angle and then they turn to the generation and they say, don't be silly enough to think 
that you can hold it together without protection. That if you don't put a fence around it, if you don't protect it, then your wisdom is going to dissipate. For us who see Torah, you have to make a defense and a protection around the Torah. And this is what the men of the Great Assembly were talking to their generation. Now know that there are many, many pshatim in this. There were those that want to learn that they were talking to three different parts of their generation, to the teachers, to the rabbis, to the general populace. They were talking to three different midos. They were talking many, many beautiful explanations. But I think that the simplest understanding is, is that they were talking to their generation and they were talking to us. And they were telling us, you have such chachma. But the only way you're going to bring that chachma out is if you are mesunim badin. And if you give your children that mesinus, you give your children that ability to think, that chachma. Teach them not just the law, but teach them how to think it through, how to reason with it, how to apply it. And protect it, hold on to it, make it dear to you. Because it's not just being dropped into your head. Beautiful. That's what I think the mission is saying to us. Tomorrow, we'll enter into Mishnah Beis, into the second Mishnah of the chapter. Have a wonderful, blessed day.